All right, so how many, just curious, how many of you have, have made a 2019 New Year's resolution? Couple, couple here and there, not too many. How many, how many have already not fulfilled your resolution out of those? That's, okay, so I stopped, I stopped doing those a long time ago because, you know, anyways. It, it is a good time for change. It is a good time to make, you know, positive changes in your life, decisions to, to do things better, to, to have better relationships, to, to lose weight, to whatever, right? To get married, right, Ricky? Ricky's going to get married this year. That's exciting. That's a resolution, right? Um, yeah, so tonight we're going to look at uh, a passage in Acts chapter 11. If you want to go ahead and turn your Bibles there, we'll be there. Uh, for, for the evening, and we're going to see what I'm calling a purposeful resolution, right? Most of the resolutions we make, obviously there's a purpose behind it, there's a reason we do it, and most of the time it's, it's something that will help us out. Uh, this purposeful resolution we're going to see from the book of Acts is, is something that, um, man, this is something that, that we need to do to get ourselves in line with what God wants for your life in 2019, right? God has a plan for you. He has a plan for me. And it is possible to get in line with what his plan is and actually see that thing come to fruition. And so, man, that, that is an exciting possibility. I think that's an exciting opportunity for us to, to actually be in line, walking with, and according to God's plan for your life this year. And that'd be awesome to know. I'm doing exactly what God has for me. And it'd be awesome to know that. It'd be awesome to fulfill it. It'd be awesome to be like Paul and say, man, I did exactly as God called me to do. I fulfilled my 2019 mission. And so we're going to see that in, in the book of Acts. In chapter 11, the context of this, we're not going to start at the very beginning, but the context is that uh, some of the, the Jewish um, converts, the Jewish believers in Jerusalem, uh, they're, they're getting on Peter's case because Peter's eaten with Gentiles. If you don't know much about the Bible, there are Jews and there are everybody else in the world are Gentiles, all right? Okay, and, and anybody who gives their life to Christ is, is somebody else, and that's the church of God. And, and we're not necessarily going to get into those details, but the Jews believed, rightfully so, that, that Jesus Christ was their Messiah. They believed he was their Jewish Messiah. He was. He came to save them. But he didn't came, come just to save them. He came to save them first in order to save the rest of the world, okay? He wanted to work through them. That's always been God's plan, to reach the entire world through that one nation. Well, they rejected him. We know most of that story, and, and they're kind of in a timeout right now. And God decided, look, if, if you're going to reject me, if, if you're not going to go along with my plan for you, well, I'll set you aside and I'll use the Gentiles, Man, we don't want 2019 to be the year that, that God has to set us aside and use somebody else to do the things that he wants us to do. Right? He, he's got a plan for us, and we want to be in on that plan. So they're getting on Peter's case, and Peter said, hey, look, man, I had a dream. This is what went down. God said, don't call unclean what I've called clean. If a Gentile comes to me and professes Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, he's clean, and you can't call him unclean anymore. He's a new creature. All right, and so Peter says, look, this happened three times. I go to this place. So he's recounting, recounting the, the events uh, of, that transpired just before this. He said, I went to this place, and there's, look, guys, there's Gentiles getting saved. 
And so let's pick up in verse 18. That's kind of the context of what's going on. Verse 18 says, when they heard these things, they held their peace. Right? So Peter convinces these Jews that, look, the Gentiles are getting saved. This is for everybody. And it says, and glorified God, saying, then hath God also to the Gentiles granted repentance unto life. And, and that's a big amen for us, right? Now they which were scattered abroad upon the persecution that arose about Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia, or Phoenice, Cyprus, and Antioch, preaching the word to none but the Jews only. All right, so before this happened, Stephen was, was preaching his guts out, and the Jews hated him for it, and they stoned him and killed him. These were obviously non-believing Jews. And when that happened, a great persecution happened, and so the church was scattered at that time. And so they're, they're heading north, they're heading west, out to sea, uh, to some different islands. Antioch is actually north of Israel. And, and they were preaching the word to none but the Jews only because they didn't know any different than these, these other Jews we already talked about. And it says, And some of them were men of Cyprus and Cyrene, which when they were come to Antioch, spake unto the Grecians, preaching the Lord Jesus. And the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number believed and turned unto the Lord. Then tidings of these things came unto the ears of the church, which was in Jerusalem. And they sent forth Barnabas, that he should go as far as Antioch, who, when he came and had seen the grace of God, was glad, and exhorted them all that with purpose of heart they would cleave unto the Lord. Now we're going to go a little bit further in the next couple of weeks in this same passage, but we're just going to stop here tonight. All of this will hopefully piece together and make sense as we build on this message the next several weeks, but uh, let's go ahead and pray. Let's ask the Lord to, to show us and maybe what he wants you to do specifically in 2019. Uh, Lord, thank you so much for your word. Thank you that uh, we have a, a place to come, to hang out, to, to worship you, to hear your word, uh, to learn. I, I do pray that you would open our hearts uh, to what you have for us. Help us to make that purposeful resolution that we're going to get in line with your plan for us, whatever that plan may be. Uh, Lord, it's obviously very windy outside. I pray you keep us safe in here. Uh, keep the roof up. Uh, Lord, we, we desire to, to please you with our lives. We're so thankful uh, that you give us the opportunity. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. You guys hear that creaking? And All right. It's a good, strong building. It's made of steel and such, right? All right. So <clears throat> the first thing that, that we notice when these, these uh, Jewish believers, they're, they're arguing with Peter, then Peter convinces them, and then, then they hear another story from somebody else, apparently, that, that there's people getting saved when the Jews scattered and, and started sharing the message of the gospel. And so the first thing that they decide they need to do, and this is what we need to do, is we need to join God where he's working. Right? We need to find out where God is working, and we need to join him. Let's read verse 22 again. It says, Then tidings of these things came unto the ears of the church which was in Jerusalem. And they sent forth Barnabas, that he should go as far as Antioch. All right, so they find out some of these things, and they said, Oh, Barney, up north. Barney, you've got to go find out what's going on. You, you know, is, is this the real deal? But these things that, that we see are in verses 20 and 21. It says, Some of them were men of Cyprus and Cyrene, which when they were, they were come to Antioch, spake unto the Grecians, 
preaching the Lord Jesus. And the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number believed and turned unto the Lord. So we've got a, a little three-point message we're just going to skim over here real quick. They, they preached salvation through Jesus. They preached salvation through Jesus. God was working in people's hearts, and many were saved as a result. Right? This is what they heard was going on, so they said, man, we've got to find out if this is true. Send Barnabas up north and find out. So when they get word that God's hand is moving in other places, what do they do? They, they send somebody to help. Right? So one of the things that we want to be a part of here in the well in 2019 is, is getting involved where we know God is already at work. Right? Knowing that he's working in people's lives, we want to, we want to be involved in that. We want, to, we want to assist those people in their growth. Especially if it's you. Right? That's, that's what we want to do. That's what we're here for. So let me ask you a question. Did you know that God wants to be at work in you? I mean, that's an obvious question. Have you ever taken ownership of that fact? God wants to be at work inside of you. He doesn't want to just work in people around you, and you hear about the great things that God does, and man, it'd be great if, it'd be awesome if I could be in on some. No, God wants each and every one of us, right? The quickest way that we can join God at the work that he wants to do is by looking in the mirror and saying, well, let's, let's start with that guy. Let's start with that girl, right? I know, based on what your word tells me, that you want to use me. You want to do a work in me. You want to change me to be more like your son. John, cha- John chapter 10, verse 10 says, The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Amen. So God promises that this abundant life thing is possible. It is what he actually intends for us. It doesn't necessarily mean that it's an abundance of riches. It doesn't mean that it's an abundance of stuff or abundance of ease. It's an abundance of the things that truly matter. A meaningful relationship with him that when the bottom drops out, you're okay because you have abundance in Christ. That's what he's promising. So do you believe that statement? And which did you experience more of in 2018? Did you experience more of the thief trying to steal from you or what the Lord has promised for you? Because both of those are happening, right? It's a tug of war. Satan wants nothing more than for you to be defeated, discouraged, to just quit trying, to quit believing. But Christ has promised an abundant life. He's promised that that is a possibility. And hopefully, by the time we're finished tonight, you'll see that, that, that that's not just a possibility. That is God's promise for you, personally. Philippians 1.6 says, Being confident of this very thing, Paul was convinced that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Has Jesus come back yet? No. He's not done. He's not finished working in you. Paul was convinced. He said, I'm confident of this very thing. If nothing else... I'm confident he's begun a good work in me. He's begun a good work in you. If you know him as your savior, he's he's going to work in you. He's going to make sure that 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 job keeps moving forward until Christ returns. He promises to finish what he started. So if you're here, and I think you are, 
Benny's here. God is not finished with you yet. God is not finished with me yet. I'm so thankful for that. My wife, I'm sure, is very thankful for that. She's over watching the kiddos tonight. Man, we, we want nothing more than to, to know that 2019 is the year that you made some decisions and God is going to use you in an incredible way. He's going to move inside of you. He's going to change you to be more like his son. So if you don't know what it means to have a relationship with him, we can help you with that. Just please ask somebody afterwards. Maybe you're already saved and you've just lost sight of the grace of God active in your life. That's something we need to get eyes on. So we want to begin with what God is doing in us. So the the fastest, the easiest, the best way to get started joining God in his work is start walking with him, right? Start agreeing with what his word says. Start believing what he says is true and, and actively pursue that in your life. The second thing, number two, is look for God's grace at work in others. This is what that church was doing. They were, they were hearing this story. Man, there's something going on. These guys are preaching the word of God. They're preaching Jesus Christ. God is at work. God's hand is moving, and people are getting saved. We got to get up there and find out if this is true. So they're looking for God's grace at work in others. And in verse 23 of Acts 11, says who, when Barney, says when he came and had seen the grace of God, was glad and exhorted them all. Right, so he actually physically saw the results of the moving of the grace of God. Right, he was seeing people's lives changed. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, For by grace are ye saved through faith. That's what he was seeing. And that not of yourselves, it's the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. He didn't go and see a bunch of people just, you know, well, we're, we're better people now. We're just, we're doing good works, so God's okay with us. We've, we've been baptized, so God's, you know, we're okay with God. No, it's, it's not works. You don't get to boast. You didn't create this change in you. You surrendered to Jesus Christ. You put your faith in his grace. You put your faith in the free gift. And the grace moves to save you. Titus 2.11 says, The grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men. How? We take it there, Right? How did it appear to those people in Antioch? It appeared because the believers were opening their mouths and sharing the gospel. How do I know that's how it goes? Acts 20, 24 says, But none of these things move me. Neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy. This is Paul talking. And the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. See, Paul understood what our, what our job is. He understood his mission. Romans 5.15, But not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if through the offense of one many be dead, that's our sin nature we inherited from Adam, much more the grace of God and the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, hath abounded unto many. How do the many find out that the grace is for them? We've got to open our mouths. Ephesians 3.2, If ye have heard... Of the dispensation of the grace of God, which is given me to you, word, or toward you. Why did God give Paul the grace that he gave him? Number one, to save him, but to give it to others, right? Amen. So how, how is this looking for grace? Well, you look for grace by opening your mouth, and you listen 
for what comes out of their mouth, right? You said they heard, if we look back in, in uh, what, what verse was it? Uh, I'm going to lose my place, so you guys are going to have to help me. It said, when they were coming to Antioch in the hand of the Lord, then the tidings of these things came unto the ears of the church which was at Jerusalem. How? Somebody was talking. Somebody was talking about the grace of God that was on the move, and it came into their ears. Are you talking about the grace of God that is on the move? Are you talking about the grace of God that's changed your eternity? Because when you do that, you're going to get probably one of three responses. Somebody's already going to know that grace themselves, and they're going to say, hallelujah, that's exactly what's going on in my life. This is what God's doing here. Oh, man, I'd love to join you in that. I'd love to pray for you. I'd love to know more. I'd love to encourage you. Or you're going to get the response that, oh, I don't know about that. What is that? I want to know more. You're going to get a curious response, somebody that, that's hungry for truth. Or you're going to get somebody that says, nah, that's not for me, man. And that's okay. That is their decision. That is their choice. But you're going to find the grace of God at work by opening your mouth, by talking about what he's doing in your life, by talking about the gospel. All right. You guys help me find my spot. Uh, our passage tonight talks about the tidings that came to their ears. Once Barnabas saw that people had responded to the gospel that they heard, right? he rejoices, he, he exhorts them to number three, purpose in their heart to stick with God. Right? How many people do you know that, that decide to place their faith in Jesus Christ and they're on fire for God at first, and then life gets busy, or life gets hard, or the world is very tempting, and, and they just don't stick with it. it. It happens a lot. It happens to many, many people. Barnabas is saying, hey man, this is the real deal, and you've got to purpose in your heart to stick with God. We see that in verse 23. It says, who when he came and when, when he came and had seen the grace of God, was glad and exhorted them all that with purpose of heart they would cleave unto the Lord. It's kind of interesting because he's charging them to do the exact thing that he's doing. Right? He's saying, look, the Lord is at work in the lives of these people in Antioch, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to purpose in my heart to go find out if it's true, and I'm going to stick with God because he's at work right here. I know God's at work here, so I'm going to stay right there where God is at work. Next week, we're going to look at some of the qualifications as to why they sent Barnabas. Right? It's very specific on his qualifications to be sent to encourage this church. We'll get into that later. But he left with a purpose in his heart to join the Lord where he was at work and to cleave to him. How many have ever heard of uh, a purpose statement like, a lot of times businesses will have a purpose statement that, that helps them to, you know, pass on and their vision. Sometimes it's called a vision statement or a goal statement, right? So the, the purpose statement we're going to see here in a minute of Paul's is, is very impactful. The, a lot of times businesses will have a purpose statement so that they can come back to, hey, remember, this is the purpose for us being here. This is why we're here. This is what we do. You know, we've employed you all to make us money. You've got to do it the right way. You've got to 
be safe, you know, all, all of those things, right? Continual improvement is always a, a, a buzzword in the business world. <clears throat> uh, back in Daniel, we see Daniel make a purpose statement in the midst of very difficult circumstances. If we look at Daniel chapter 1, verses 1 through 8, it says, In the third year, the reign of Jehoiakim, the king of Judah, came Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, unto Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand, with part of the vessels of the house of God, and he carried that, and which he carried into the land of Shinar, to the house of his God. And he brought the vessels into the treasure house of his God. And the king spake to Ashpenaz, the master of his eunuchs, that he should bring certain of the children of Israel, and the king's seed, and the princes, children in whom was no blemish, but well-favored and skillful in all wisdom and cunning and knowledge and understanding science, and such has had ability in them to stand in the king's palace, and whom they might, and whom they might teach the learning and the tongue of the Chaldeans. And the king appointed them a daily provision of the king's meat and the wine uh, which he drank, so nourishing them three years that at the end thereof they might stand before the king. Now among these were the children of Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, unto whom the prince of the eunuchs gave names. For he gave unto Daniel the name of Belteshazzar, and Hananiah of Shadrach, and to Mishael of Meshach, and Azariah of Abednego. So you see what's going on. The enemy has come in, and he's taken over, and his desire, the enemy's desire is that he will change your thoughts by educating you according to his thoughts, according to the world system. Daniel's like, well, I don't know about that, right? He's, he's been taken captive. He's just a young man. He's wanting to change your thoughts, and he's also wanting to change your identity according to his naming system, right? Daniel and uh, Hananiah, Azariah, and Mishael all had names that glorified God. The names that they were changed to, I can't remember what they were, were, but the names they were changed to glorified this false god. Right? They reflected this world system. And so check out Daniel's response in verse 8. It says, But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might, de might not defile himself. So Daniel's recognition of what this world had to offer him, he knew that it was nothing compared to what God had. So his decision, his New Year's resolution, if you will, his purpose in his heart was that he would not defile himself with what the king was trying to do. He probably knew about Psalm 17, verse 3. It says, Thou hast proved mine heart. Thou hast visited me in the night. Thou hast tried me and shalt find nothing. I am purposed that my mouth shall not transgress. Right? This psalmist had determined, look, put me into the trial, put me into the fire, you're going to find out that I'm going to be true. I'm going to stick with God. I'm, I'm going to cleave to the Lord. I'm going to stick with truth. And here in the next verse in Galatians, we see Paul's purpose statement. Man, if you ever forgot, if you ever forget what it is we're supposed to be doing and, and how you survive the tough situations, Galatians 2.20 says, I am crucified with Christ. 
Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Just in case I forgot my purpose, that's why Galatians 2.20 is here. 1 Corinthians 15.58 says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Right? When we work with God, when we're in his plan, it's going to be exactly where you're supposed to be. That doesn't mean it's going to be great. That doesn't mean it's going to be easy. It's going to be where you're supposed to be. It's the best place to be. The second thing he says, Barnabas says to them is, they need to cleave unto the Lord. Cleave unto the Lord. The first time we see this word cleave in Scripture is in Genesis 2.24. It says, Therefore shall a man leave his father and mother and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. All right, so the first time we see this, there's an individual, Adam, you know, is in the context here. Obviously, he didn't have a father and mother, but, but he was setting up, God was setting up what marriage is going to be. From there on out, there's going to be father and mother. And the individual son will leave one place to cleave to another, to be one with his bride. In Romans 12, 9, it says, Let love be without dissimulation or, or division. Abhor that which is evil. Cleave to that which is good. Leave one thing and cleave to another. Become one with righteousness and goodness. So does your purpose remove evil from your life and cleave you, attach you to goodness and righteousness? The psalmist says, I hate every false way, right? Deuteronomy 30, verse 20 says, That thou mayest love the Lord thy God, that thou mayest obey his voice, that thou mayest cleave unto him. For he is thy life and the length of thy days, that thou mayest dwell in the land which the Lord sware unto thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob, to give them. He's saying, look, you know what happens when you cleave to the Lord? When you love God enough and you stick with him, you find out where he's at work and you just hang on tight, you get what he promised. You get to experience the promises that he's placed in your life. You get to experience that abundant life. The parallel in the Old Testament to this New Testament abundant life promise is the promised land, right? We see the, the Israelites walking and wandering through the wilderness waiting to get to this land of promise, this land flowing with milk and honey, this land where they're going to have peace, they're going to have a kingdom, they're going to get victory. Well, that sounds like an abundant life to me. That sounds like an incredible promise. How do you get there? You cleave to the Lord. You become one with him. Colossians 2, 6 and 7 says, as ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him, rooted and built up 
in him, established in the faith as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Abounding where? Where is the abundance? It's in the things you've been taught. It's in the establishment of your faith. It's being rooted and grounded in Christ. That's the abundance. That's where the abundance lies. Finding your identity in him. Not worrying about what anybody else thinks because you know what he says is true. Not worrying about what feels anxious to you because you know what he's promised is true. Not letting your mind and your fears and your anxieties take control because you know that he has control because you gave it to him. John 15 talks about us being connected to the vine, which is Jesus Christ. Right, John 10.10 10 earlier said, I am come that they might have life and they might have it more abundantly. It's not automatic. He says might. He didn't say I came so that I can just hand out all the freebies and, and you don't have to do anything. Look, it is a free gift. A relationship with Christ is free. He paid the price. He fulfilled that promise. But to get those promises... To get the abundant life is not free. It's, it's connected to walking close with him. It's not automatic. So what if 2019 was not just another year that you didn't want to make resolutions because you knew you couldn't keep them? What if 2019 was a year of decisions, purposeful, meaningful decisions to follow Christ? to get in on the plan he has for your life? What if those decisions had purpose and heart and they matched up with God's heart and God's purpose for you? Will you match your will with his? Will you cleave to him? We have three more verses and we'll, we'll wrap up. First Peter chapter 4. Verse 10 says, As every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Remember, Barnabas saw the grace of God at work. He got to, he got to look and see the grace of God and what it was doing. It was changing lives. right? And God's purpose for me, for you, is that we manage the resources that he's entrusted us with. The biggest resource we have is his grace. The most impactful resource we have is the gospel. 2 Corinthians 1.12 For our rejoicing is this, the testimony of our conscience, that in simplicity, in godly sincerity, not with fleshly wisdom, but with the grace, or by the grace of God. We have had our conversation in the world and more abundantly to you, Word. See that little guy? Landed on me. Still on me. Sorry. I'm going to have to read that again. For our rejoicing is this the testimony of our conscience, that in simplicity and godly sincerity, that's purposing in your heart to agree with God, not with fleshly wisdom, but by the grace of God, we have had our conversation, our lifestyle in the world, and more abundantly 
to you word, toward you. Taking the grace of God and putting it into somebody else's life. And you know, one of the best ways to, to not worry about all that's wrong in your life is to worry about helping somebody else. Amen. When you start investing in other people, man, does God just come through and take care of a lot of details that used to matter. When you just start pouring his grace into other people's life. And we'll finish with this verse and <clears throat> wrap up here in a minute. 1 Corinthians 15.10 But by the grace of God, I am what I am. <laughs> is what I is. It's, it's all I got. It's all I got. You know, you can, you can look at your shortcomings and the what ifs and what could have been and you can look at all of the bad, right? Perspective is very important. Or you can look at the grace of God. And by the grace of God, I am what I am. And I'm okay with that. Because if God's grace is making me who he wants me to be, that's who I want to be. He says, and his grace, which was bestowed upon me, was not in vain. 2019 needs to be the year that I can say that personally. Lord, the grace that you bestowed on me this year was not in vain. But I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God which was within, what's with me. Your effort is multiplied when you're working in conjunction with the Lord. <laughs> you, you can't, there's no way you can outwork God. You can't outwork the grace of God. You can't put more effort forth. The well in 2019 needs to be a place where we're actively exercising the grace of God. And I've got another set of blanks on there. It just says, don't be a waste of grace. Don't let 2019 be a waste of the grace that God wants to happen in your life. Don't miss the plan that he has for you. We will not waste what the Lord has given us. So there's two major questions here and, a, and some other questions. This is all just for introspection, just for you to, to ask yourself some of these questions. The major question is, how is God working in my life? And then the other one down below is, how is God working in others around me? Right? That's, that's what they were looking for. God at work. You need to see what he's doing in your life. You've got to know that he wants to be at work in your life. You're not going to be a whole lot of help to others if you ignore what God wants to do in you. So how is God working in my life? What is the purpose of 2019 for me? Do you, do you believe that God has a purpose for you this year? Does God want me to grow in my relationship with him? That's the obvious question. The, the answer is yes. The important question is, do I want to? God wants you to grow. Do you want to? Sometimes that's through challenges. That's the hard thing to step into, isn't it? What purposeful steps am I going to take to ensure that I get in on what God intends for me? Am I part of a church that can help me grow? If so, am I involved in that process? 
Have I been discipled? So how is God working in others around me? Am I discipling somebody else? Who is closer to the Lord because of my involvement in their life? That's a very important question. Because if you can finish 2019 and you can't answer any name there, you have wasted the grace of God this year. We can't find ourselves there at the end of the year. We just can't. Who is closer to the Lord because of my involvement in their life? What am I going to do with the grace bestowed upon me? And do the people in my life know about that grace? Let's go ahead and pray. Father, I'm so thankful for your grace, for the fact that you, knowing how far short we fall, you came in our place, and you gave us a free gift, and you paid the penalty for us, and we didn't deserve any of that. We deserved punishment and separation, and, and you made it so that we didn't have to. Lord, we're so thankful for that, and we're so thankful that you have put us in a place that can help us grow. You have given us leaders and uh, people in our lives that can help us to take a step towards you, to take steps in the right direction toward what you have for us this year. You're not looking for us to have it all figured out. You're looking for obedience. You're not looking for us to, to know all the answers. You're looking for us to cleave to you. Lord, I want to see where you're at work, and I want to just hang on tight. I don't want to look over my shoulder and see that I've wasted anything that you've given. Lord, help us to be purposeful. Help us to be on purpose in everything we do for your purpose. Lord, I pray this song is glorifying to you, and again, we're so thankful that everyone came out tonight and pray that everyone would get home safe and that tonight these things would, would ring in our hearts and in our ears. And we would purpose to, to be yours in 2019. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen.